Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Right out of the gate, there's conviction that comes into my heart. Because what Jesus is presenting to us today as a part of his manifesto on kingdom living is something that not only is foreign to many of our lives, but it's something that we don't even see as a value. As a matter of fact, if we were honest, we would have to admit that when Jesus elevates meekness, we think it is preposterous. How can this be? Blessed are the meek. Other translations bring out that word. Blessed are the humble or blessed are the gentle. A good definition of meekness would be humble patience as under provocation from others. Let me ask you something. Are you a meek person? Now, some of us would immediately respond, no, because we've been so conditioned with a worldly value system that we immediately see meekness as a weakness. Are you a meek person? Jesus elevates this, and he says, kingdom people, this is a primary quality of kingdom people. If you are a citizen in the kingdom of heaven, If you have pledged your allegiance to the king of kings, this is what you will look like. True meekness is most evident in the midst of disagreement and opposition. So you can say here and now that you're a meek person. Of course I'm meek. If Jesus says it's good, then yes, I have it. But you'll have an opportunity. I will have an opportunity to test that, to test our meekness. Our meekness will be tested as soon as someone disagrees with you, even today over where you're going to lunch. Your meekness will be tested today with your spouse if you're married. Your meekness will be tested today by your social circle. When someone does something that rubs you the wrong way, how we react in those moments of friction is the truest test of biblical meekness. Jesus said this should be a primary quality for kingdom people. But here's the truth. As those that have been indoctrinated from birth with a worldly value system, this sounds absurd. This sounds preposterous. As I said last week, Our first breath was tainted with sin. We've been indoctrinated with this worldly system from the first moment of our existence. So when you combine the the external fallenness of this world with the internal fallenness of our nature, it's not if we've compromised, it's how much. So this is a course correction. 
been under heavy conviction these past two weeks. As God, through his word, has indicted my worldliness. He's called out my worldliness. And I think that'll happen today if you're open to it. This code of conduct for kingdom people sounds bizarre. It sounds crazy. It sounds philosophical, but not very practical. It sounds theological, but not very realistic. One commentator says this, the meek shall inherit the earth. This constitutes a devastating contradiction to the philosophical materialism so prevalent in our own day. Man, that, that really grabbed me. He, he says this, that what Jesus presents is, is a devastating contradiction to the worldly system that we live in, that my life as a citizen of the kingdom should be a devastating contradiction to people outside the kingdom, should be so radically different. Regardless of what we say, regardless, some of you will be offended today, and that's, that's okay. It really is. Right? When, when your cage gets rattled, when your presuppositions get questioned, it can be a healthy exercise to do some soul searching. Because here's the reality. I'm telling you, I'm sharing with you what God has shown me this week in my own heart, in my own life as a pastor. Regardless of what we say, the vast majority of us here today actually believe the opposite of what Jesus teaches. So you can give lip service. I can give lip service to the Beatitudes, Right? And I'll sign your doctrinal statement. Right? And I'll show up in your room and listen to your speech. But my actual life is a billboard for something radically different than what Jesus embodied in what he taught. I looked up the opposite of meek. What do you think the opposite of meek is? Gen you know, the opposite of gentle. The opposite of meek bold, brave, confident, assertive. So here's what many of us actually believe, myself included. Blessed are the bold. Blessed are the brave. Blessed are the boisterous. Blessed are the passionate. Blessed are the proud. Blessed are the intimidating. Blessed are the aggressive. Blessed are the ambitious. These are the things that, these are the values that we live by. These are the values that drive our culture. These are the values that drive secular corporations. And the reality is, these are the same values that drive many Christians and that drive many churches. I've done some repenting this week of my worldliness and how subtle it happens over time. It's not a tidal wave of worldliness that overwhelms us. It's the drip over a lifetime where we compromise our convictions and we slowly slide into a place where we look very similar to people that aren't citizens of the kingdom. Might makes right is the creed of worldly culture. 
the belief that through superior strength, we can enforce our will and dictate justice. Swagger is a worldly virtue, but a Christian vice. I feel this all the time when I'm with people, how I present myself, my image, my personality, my presence. I want to impress them with who I am. I want to impress them with how I look. I want to impress you with how I sound. I want to move you through the power of persuasion and charisma. And Jesus said, you are to be meek. You are to be gentle. You are to be humble. Meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness. Intimidation and exploitation and manipulation are worldly tactics that can yield worldly advancement and worldly reward. However, these things are the opposite of what it means to be meek. The meek never manipulate. The meek never intimidate. A Christian bully is an oxymoron. Have you ever met a Christian bully before? I have. I've been one. Where you use the Bible to pound people into submission, where you have this arrogant self-righteousness that we parade in front of others. A Christian bully, even within churches, maybe especially within churches, sometimes we, we allow ourselves to adopt the power structures of the, of the worldly system. And I think because I'm the senior pastor that I have the most power, and I want to leverage that power for my own advancement. But what does Jesus say? Jesus taught his disciples about a radically different kind of leadership. And remember, he's giving this in the context of the Roman Empire, where you have Caesar who commands legions, world domination. So Jesus says this. He called his disciples together and he said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials, they flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is pointing at the political structure of his day. He's pointing at the leadership models of his day, and he's saying, you see how these people operate? They're outside of the kingdom of heaven. They're playing by a different rule book. They, they have a different system that drives their behavior and creates a specific culture. And he says, you are to be different than them. He said, not so with you. These worldly tactics of intimidation and coercion and manipulation and fear. Fear is never a good leadership tactic for kingdom people. We often wrongly assume that because someone is a successful leader in their field, that that automatically transfers to the kingdom. 
So you have a business person that is successful within the church, and we automatically assume that that qualifies them for leadership within the church, and that is a flawed assumption. Now, I'm not saying at all that kingdom people can't advance in the worldly system. There's plenty. I could do a whole sermon series on that, right? Uh, Moses was the meekest person on the planet. That was pretty, that's a strong statement that the Bible makes about him. He was the meekest person that has ever lived, and yet he led millions of people. Was very, was very influential. I'm not saying that you can't be successful, but there's not this automatic assumption that just because you excel in, in a corporation, that doesn't mean that you automatically are qualified for leadership within the church. As a matter of fact, some people that coaches, that recruiters in the world, they would never look at. Some people that they would laugh at are most qualified to serve here. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So you have the world saying, blessed are the bold, blessed are the courageous, blessed are the ambitious, blessed are the boisterous, blessed are the passionate, blessed are the ambitious, blessed are those who take life by the horns, blessed are those who make their mark on this world. And then you have Jesus saying, not so with you. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Kingdom people should celebrate countercultural values. We shouldn't promote and elevate the same values that drive secular corporations. So what exactly is meekness? Hey, this thing that's supposed to be a primary quality of kingdom people, what is it? Now, if I were to ask you, give me a, a short definition of meekness. When's the last time you even said that word, meekness? It's not a common word in, in our vocabulary. We don't say that in, in conversations. Meekness, the best answer to the question, what does meekness look like, is by studying the life of Jesus Christ. He was the perfect example of meekness. And Jesus describes himself in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Now, this is not Paul or Peter describing Jesus. This is Jesus describing himself. He's saying this is what I'm like. In Matthew eleven twenty nine. he says, pick up my yoke and put it on. Take a lesson from me. My heart is gentle, not arrogant. You'll find the rest you deeply need. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's the same root word there that he used in Matthew 5. Blessed are the meek. And Jesus says, I am meek. I am meek. I like how one commentator put it. Divine nature is two-sided. It is quiet when it is fitting to be quiet, and it can boom like the sound of thunder when it is fitting to do so. Sinful nature also has two sides. It is boisterous when it ought to be quiet, and it is quiet when it ought to cry out with all its might. So when you equate meekness with weakness, what you're doing is calling Jesus Christ a weak person. So let me correct some of our thinking. Meekness is not weakness, at least meekness as the Bible describes it. Kingdom quality meekness. Meekness is not weakness. It does not denote cowardice or timidity or the willingness to have peace at any cost. 
Neither does meekness suggest indecisiveness. Meekness does not imply shyness, nor can meekness be reduced to mere kindness. You see Jesus at moments of his life, and we get these snapshots into the life of Jesus, moments of his life where his silence is profound, profound, where he's standing and being accused, and he says nothing. When all of us would defend ourselves, all of us would rally the troops, and we would defend ourselves, the injustice that he was experiencing, and his response to injustice was profound silence. There are other times when he is loud, when he kicks down the door of the temple and flips over tables. So meekness doesn't mean weakness. Meekness is power under control. 2 Timothy 1.7 for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. It's the amplified version. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment. So I'm not talking about a personality trait here. And I'm a shy person, therefore I'm meek. Right? You can't, when I'm not talking about your nature, right? None of this is natural. None of it. It's supernatural. So your personality and your disposition are beside the point, biblically. We're all, as every kingdom citizen is called to be meek, gentle, humble. What is the reward for the meek? It says they will inherit the earth. The opposite is true now. The powerful inherit the earth. And those that live by the worldly value system, blessed are the bold, blessed are the courageous, blessed are the risk takers, blessed are the ambitious, for theirs will be the kingdom of this world. So those that are playing with a, with a worldly ethic, those that are living by a worldly ethic, they will receive their reward, but their reward is temporary. And what Jesus is saying, and he does this, like these Beatitudes, there's a progression, right? There's a progression here, the foundation of spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So the first two are foundational. They're prerequisites. The first two are us owning our depravity before God, declaring our need of rescue. I am sick, and I need surgery. I am sick, and I need a doctor. I am lost, and I need rescue. And the third one is, yes, our interaction with God, but how those first two affect our interaction with others. The posture of the heart that flavors the life of the kingdom person. This humble posture of our heart, that it really should be reflected in our countenance as kingdom people, a countenance of compassion. Our tone of voice as we interact with people, it's flavored by the meekness, the gentleness, the humility from the posture of our heart before God. The meek shall inherit the earth. 
at the consummation of the kingdom when there is a new heaven and a new earth. The meek will be vindicated. The meek will be victorious. The meek will be exalted. You know, the word that really sticks out to me there, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit. You know, that word stopped me this week. It didn't say, blessed are the meek, for they will earn. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is something that somebody else earned that I am the recipient of. So as kingdom people, like we are the recipients of what Jesus has purchased. We don't earn it. Earn is the opposite of inherit. We inherit it. Kingdom people must be consistent in demonstrating these countercultural values regardless of your circumstance. There is never a biblical excuse to not, to not live out these values. So what we do, here's what we do. Here's what I do. There's two sets of rules, the Sunday rules, the church rules, and then the world, the, the, the rules that I live by on Monday. I have the rules for Sunday, the world that we're in right now, but then I have a whole different set of rules for the world and so this dog-eat-dog world, this rat race that you're in, and you justify compromising biblical convictions because that's just the way it is. We somehow reconcile not living out what Jesus commands by explaining our circumstance to others. But John, you don't understand the workplace that I'm in. John, you don't understand the marriage I'm in. John, you don't understand the people around me and the dynamic. I don't have to understand your circumstance to tell you what the Bible teaches. So this, these kingdom qualities, this manifesto on kingdom living, this code of conduct for citizens of the kingdom of heaven, this is to be lived out all the time by every Christian. This is not, I didn't receive the gift of meekness. Every citizen of the kingdom is to embody this value of meekness. And so today, as we come to the time to sit under the weight of the word, How many of us might say we believe Jesus, but actually our lives are declaring something that is in contradiction? We actually be believe the opposite. And so maybe today we need to repent. Repent of our worldliness. Repent of using using the ends justifies the means. Repent of adopting a worldly ethic, a corporate value system, of climbing the ladder at all costs, of somehow adapting to our environment. 
Some of us need to repent of conforming to the system of the world rather than being renewed in our mind by the Word of God. And it starts here. It starts here. There's no preacher that can exert external pressure. There's no sermon that can bring conviction. Only the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God through the Word of God. So I challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge your presuppositions through God's Word. I challenge your assumptions that are based on a worldly ethic through the Word of God. And I challenge you, I invite you to step into the light of Scripture. And then when God reveals, we repent. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, how clear it is, how full it is, how powerful it is. And Lord, as someone who's sick with sin, in desperate need of medicine, God, I I rejoice at the gospel, which is the remedy for my sin sickness. God, I I don't just allow the scalpel into my life. I rejoice out the scalpel of Scripture because I need some spiritual surgery. Help us. Help us, Lord, to embrace it. To do a course correction. To repent, Lord, of our worldly ways. And to truly embrace what your word says and to embody the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're looking for ways to connect, find us on Facebook or YouTube. Just check out the show notes for details. Thank you for tuning in. I hope and pray that this has been a blessing in your life. And I hope that you'll continue the conversation with God by opening his word for yourself. Love y'all.